Welcome. Happy New Year. I'm Brandon, and I get the, the privilege to serve as a lead pastor at Life Community Church. And as we celebrate what God has done today, walking out of the tomb, giving us new life, as we walk into a new year, we're reminded, again, why we gather. And we exist for people to experience a new life through Christ by knowing God, growing in relationship with him and others, and then going out and making disciples. And Jesus told us to do that thing, make disciples, and he put a high, high value on kids. And so as we go into this new year, no matter what season you're in, whether you're celebrating and you're like, yes, I got one and a half week more off of school with my kids at home and you love it, or if you're the parent counting down each minute until your kid goes back to school, God's with you in that season that you're in. Whether you're celebrating or suffering, God is with you. And as we go into this new year, we're reminded that we learn in these rows, but we grow in circles. So we hope you'd join our community, join a life group, join a Bible study, get connected, do life with somebody, because that's where we grow. Um, we have an app, we have a new website that we've launched to keep up to date and communicate with you on, on different ways you can get connected with women's or men's studies or youth ministry or kids or different avenues, and we're going to be even more intentional again this year than we have been in, in years past at putting emphasis on that. And as you heard from our friend Ben, as he led us in worship with his daughter, it was great. Thank you, guys. Um, Podge is going to come on up in a minute, and he'll be sharing the word um, today for us as we wrap up our New Beginning series. And as we acknowledge kids are in the house with a family service, we love having kids with us, but we acknowledge this point in the service, it can be a little long. And so if they get a little squirrely, somewhat expected. We invite you to take advantage of the TV in the back, and we also have a pre-K and down kids ministry, so that might be something they'd probably enjoy maybe later on. So take advantage of that, and uh, Pod, you're all set. Good morning. Happy New Year. Um, raise your hand if you have participated in the cultural uh fun and excitement of New Year's resolutions. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if uh, you actually stick with them or not, but I thought we'd start off this morning with a little bit of fun. I found a couple that made me chuckle. And so here are a couple of uh, New Year's resolutions that I think you might enjoy. The first one is live your best life and only buy pants with no buttons or zippers. Um, this one probably can be for all of us. Stock up on fresh fruits and vegetables uh, and eat them before they turn into the green mystery group that's in the back of your fridge. Um, this one's for our good friend Brandon. Sign up for a marathon that you will bravely not run. This one is me, if you ask my wife, it's every night. Uh, pick movies on Netflix swiftly and decisively so that, you know, I actually hit play before falling asleep. <laughs> and here's one for Matt. Where's Matt? There you are. Uh, when meeting with friends, I will stop telling the same jokes. <laughs> or I will make new friends. <laughs> we, will, we will circle back to uh, our resolutions in a few minutes. Uh, First, I thought we could quickly wrap up 
like kind of summarize uh, our new beginning series, which we started in the beginning of, of uh, December. We started with uh, God giving us a promise of a new beginning, starting with Abraham. Uh, and he promised that he would be with us in the wilderness, be with us in the valley, be with us in the storm. And then as we got closer to Christmas, Jesus was that new beginning. And he fulfilled that promise through his birth, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection, and ultimately ascension uh, back into into the heavens. Um, But before Jesus left, he gave us two promises. And so I'm going to read for you, and you can read along on the screen, uh, John 14, 1 through 11. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. This is where it gets interesting. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Then again, humanity kicking in. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do, not believe, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say, I do not speak out of my own authority, which is kind of interesting because Jesus was God. I do not speak out of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So take notice of that that transaction, that, that relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard that kind of relationship before? If you haven't, I hope you will recognize it before we're done this morning. Jesus' second promise to us is that one will come to us. He will send us his spirit. In John 16, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Uh, I'm a big audio learner, and so, like, 
People tell, talk about the new books that they got for Christmas. I just quick go download them on Audible and then listen to them uh, all these times. And I'm, uh, I'm also a big podcast listener, and I listen to all kinds of different crazy things. Um, I'm going to share with you a quick excerpt from a podcast that I really like. And I just have to admit, full transparency, I like it because I went to college with one of the two guys on the podcast. So it's more fun for me to just hear my friend Cameron rather than, you know, just I'm in awe of everything they say. But because we're friends, we kind of see eye to eye on a lot of things. So I, I found this very interesting and thought-provoking, and I hope you do too. Check it out. Then there's the colossal truth that is too, it sounds almost, it sounds almost, it's scandalous to even say this out loud, but it's true. What we have is better. We have the oh, Holy right. Spirit. I mean, but I, you know, that's one of, you have to file that for me, Nathan, under things that I know are true as a Christian, but I have a hard time <laughs> believing. Jesus saying, it is better for you that I go. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I, there are many, I mean, what, who among us who are, you know, Christians hasn't occasionally thought, oh, if I just had Jesus Christ sitting right here beside me or walking, you know, his, you know, physical body, everything right alongside me, that would make everything so much better. I would just, I, that would be, that would be the healing, you know, mm-hmm. event in my life. And yet, what you have is, is as Peter Crave says, it's, that's, that's better. It's maximal in intimacy. It's like being haunted in a good way. <laughs> yeah, and combined with the fact that a lot of people who did have direct access to Jesus didn't take him for who he was. So there's kind of a... And there is every reason in the world, if I'm, if I'm properly introspective, to believe that I would be in that exact same category or worse. <laughs> so... <laughs> You, you are the Pharisee in the parable, everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It just struck me funny. I, I like the idea of the Holy Spirit haunting us. That's it's a weird take on it. But Let's talk very quickly about the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a word that, at least if you've been around church for a long time, you've heard either the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Who is the Holy Spirit and what is his role? I'm always... a hey, let's, let's get down to the very basic foundational question first, and then we can build on it later. Uh, so who is the Holy Spirit? First thing I did is I went to the Life Community Church Statement of Faith, and we have a Statement of Faith on the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share that with you in case you haven't got around to that back dusty part of the website yet. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. According to John 14, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And if I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Continuing on, the Holy Spirit is a divine person sent to indwell, guide, teach, and empower the believer. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. 
Again, that's like Jesus being with the Father. The Father speaks and Jesus shares it with us. Now we have the Holy Spirit, and when the Father speaks, he shares uh, that with us. Acts 8, 1, or Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit is a divine person sent to indwell, guide, teach, empower the believer, and convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We already read that passage, but just the, the excerpt here is, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. So how does the Holy Spirit do his work in our lives? When we expect that the truth, no, when we accept the truth that Jesus is our Lord, that we are sinful and we have become repentant, we begin our spiritual journey of becoming Christ-like, which is what the word Christian means, and immediately, this is so cool, immediately become joined or indwelt, which is that Christian-y word, uh, joined with the Holy Spirit. He enters us and is with us from then on. His job is to draw us closer to the Father and the Son and to help us navigate life, truth, and understand God's word and will for our life. I don't know about you, but I need that more now than I ever had before. I need to know what truth is and really to be able to decipher true biblical truth from what the voices from our culture and our world are trying to tell us. There is power through the Holy Spirit, but it does not come instantly. There is a waiting period. Francis Schaeffer was a 20, 20th century American evangel, uh, evangelical theologian, philosopher, and Presbyterian teacher. In the opening of an essay called The Lord's Work, The Lord's Way, he speaks about this. There is no source of power for God's people, for preaching or teaching or anything else except Christ himself. Apart from Christ, Anything which seems to be spiritual power is actually the power of the flesh. Though we today are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ as Savior, being indwelt is not the same thing as having the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples had to wait to receive the Spirit at Pentecost. Christians today are to follow the same order to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit at salvation and to know something of the reality of the power of Christ through the agency of the Holy Spirit. And then the work and witness. The order cannot be reversed. There are to be many fillings. Doing the Lord's work the Lord's way is not a matter of being saved and then simply working hard. Um, and that's, uh, honestly, that's a struggle that I have because I'm, I'm a doer, I'm a worker, and sometimes I have to just pull back. After Jesus ascended, the disciples waited quietly in prayer for the coming of his spirit. Their first motion was not towards activism. 
Christ is risen, now let us be busy. Though they looked at the world with Christ's compassion, they obeyed his clear command to wait before they witnessed. If we who are Christians and therefore indwelt by the Holy Spirit are to preach to our generation with, quote, tongues of fire, we also must have something more than activism which men can easily duplicate. We must know something of the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that gives me an idea of freedom and hope for me as I grow into my, my own area of ministry. And let's talk about words for a second. I think too many times we get hung up on the meaning of, of words. I know I do, at least. Do you remember your first job? My first job was when I was 14, uh, clearing dishes and doing dishes at my parents' uh, personal care home. Um, and it was about the least fun, least creative, least fulfilling job I've ever had in my life. Um, do you remember what Adam's first job was? Any of the kids in here? Does anyone remember what Adam's first, what was Adam's first job? Yeah, gave the animal names. Um, for me, I think he nailed it in the beginning. Because think about it. He hadn't really been speaking. He hadn't even been around very long. And then all of a sudden, he's been speaking for, I don't know, a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. And God's like, hey, just name the animals anything you want. And Adam's like, I got this. So he's like, I'll start out easy. Cat, dog, bird, this is easy. After probably days and maybe weeks of, of naming things, he's starting to sweat. And he's like, um, um, hippopotamus, Tasmanian devil. Okay, I'm just going to put stuff together. Duck-billed platypus. In our world, I think the tension that we feel at times, both socially and politically, come from misunderstanding, miscommunication, and misspeaking. Remember the story of the Tower of Babel when mankind was getting so cocky that they were like, we can, we can reach up to God just by our own, you know, pulling up our own bootstraps and getting the work. God's reprimand was to just scramble everyone's languages. So, I mean, think how hard it is just in your own family to, to sometimes communicate and you hopefully all speak the same language. Now everybody who you used to know is speaking something else. So with, with this in mind, let me ask you this. What is your personal definition of ministry? We hear that term just spoken all the time. What is your personal definition of ministry? Is it what Brandon does? I mean, he is a minister of the gospel for sure, and that is his job. So is ministry what the pastor does? Is ministry what we do here or what we offer here at Life Community Church? Is ministry your life group? Is ministry youth group, kids ministry, CR, all that stuff? Is ministry what nonprofits like Tree of Life are? 
I mean, definitely they offer much needed ministry to our community. But is that, is that ministry, is that all that ministry stands for? Um, I would say no, because we all have a ministry. And we are all called to minister to those around us in a variety of ways. I heard this the other day from a brethren, preacher, speaker, uh, and podcaster, again, uh, Nathan Rittenhouse. He said the purpose of church beyond worshiping together, which is very important, is to prepare us for ministry. I've never heard that said that way before. It's, it's always been, oh, you go to learn more about God or you go to you know, meet God in his place. All those are true, but what is the purpose? The purpose is for ministry. Your current or maybe your future ministry. Some of us in this room are in that holding pattern today. And God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is calling you to wait patiently so you may continue to prepare for the work he has for you. It was somewhere between 15 and 20 years ago. Uh, April and I were newly married, uh, owned a home outside of Philadelphia. I was working construction. Actually, I, I think by this time I even owned a construction company and was doing fine. Uh, we were still attending our home church, and I had become the head of the, the worship uh, ministry there. And I don't know why, but I had this, I had this idea of, is this it? Is this what God called me to do? Just, you know, and I had that, that thought that probably many of you have had. I'm just working a dead-end job. I just go to work every day and bring home a paycheck, and it pays for most of everything I need. Um, but as I continued on and, and tried to listen for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would prompt me, hey, do this. We moved to Georgia. I went back to school to finish my degree. And while I was there, it was revealed to me through another person how God had begun to prepare me for the ministry that I was going to be doing or I was already doing in Georgia. I get to California, and I see how not only that original preparing me for ministry in Pennsylvania had prepared me to minister here, but also my time in Georgia was preparing me for here. So it's, it's very common for the Holy Spirit to say, just be still and know that I am God. And when it's my time for you, I'll let you know. Other, others of us in this room are fully in the work that God has called them to do. And, uh, and many of you can see that work being fulfilled through the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of, of the people who God has called you to minister to. Um, still others of us are just coming into a new area of ministry. God has prepared you. He has laid it all out, and now you are moving into doors that are opening up, allowing you to minister to people. Sadly, there's probably at least a few of us who probably during the waiting, just kind of lost that, that spark and have drifted from 
listening and waiting prayerfully to just not really seeking a deeper, uh, a deeper level, uh, a deeper spiritual life. Um, but the good news is, no matter where you are in that, in that little chart, we are not alone. We are never alone. God is with us and has given us a helper that even Jesus, when he was going to be, even Jesus said he was going to be more helpful for us in this part of our journey than Jesus himself being here, which is hard to fathom, but he said it, so I got to believe it. So today is New Year's Day, and I want to look a little closer at what the meaning of that word resolution means. Uh, like many words, it has multiple definitions. I found two. So re resolution, the one that we commonly use, is a firm decision to do or not do something. But I like the second definition even better, the quality of being determined or resolute. So as we look to the new year, 2023, and we start thinking of, are we going to make a New Year's resolution? I would say this. How about this year, instead of making a New Year's resolution, you pray for the Holy Spirit to increase your resolution towards becoming more like Christ. More like Christ so you can serve those around you. More like Christ that you can fulfill the ministry that God has put in, in your path. So that's it. Um, I forgot to grab communion elements. So if somebody could help me real quick, thank you. We're going to, I always see him up here and I always think, man, every time I try to open this, it just doesn't work. Luckily, this was a good one. So if you are like me and was not prepared for communion, there are some people who are coming around, just kind of wave them down. Um, but I just want to take uh, a minute and just talk about the fact that communion is for those of us who do believe that Jesus is Lord, who recognize that we are sinners and who are repentant. And this is a great opportunity for us to continually put in the forefront of our mind the sacrifice that Jesus gave us or gave for us on the cross. And so I'm just going to give you a minute to just prepare, um, spend, spend that time in prayer, maybe confessing some, uh, some sins that need to be confessed or just, you know, soaking in the love that Christ showed for us in that day. And then we will share together. And when Jesus was in the upper room, he took the bread and we, when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it together.
And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. Let's take and drink together. Father, we thank you so much for that precious gift, the gift that Jesus himself gave willingly, though it meant so much pain and so much suffering, just simply to bring us, to give us a path back into communion with the Father. And so we just thank you so much for that gift. And we just uh, lift this time up of studying your word and learning more about your Holy Spirit to you. And we continue to ask for your blessing and your direction as we move into the new year. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, I get the privilege of sharing a little bit, and then Paj is going to share a little bit. And the exciting thing, um, I had two prayers when, when I got invited to come and, and serve here, was, God, you got to build your church. you got to bring the team, because as, as much of a, a likable person as I am, I'm not that charismatic. Like, I prayed for the gift of charisma and the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, but um, leadership is one that God's kind of given me, and, and I'm like, okay, but I need people to, to lead, and you got to do that, because it's your church, it's your deal, and, and so as, as Keith, you know, handed the baton to me, and it's like, okay, I'm like, that's great, Keith, that you're leaving, I can't lead worship, though, like, I've tried really hard, almost prayed hard, you know, prayed harder for worship leading than, than for the gift of tongues, but neither came, so I can put chords together, but but Podge was like, hey, I'm a builder. I've actually built worship ministries, tech ministries. I can make sure the lights flicker a lot less. They might still flicker, but they won't flicker as much. And I'll make sure the stream's solid and, and build up the team. And I was like, perfect. Then we could, we could do this. And, and the strategic thing about our church is it was nickel and dime. And as the church grew, we were able to pay them more and and, uh, and I'm leading the elders, and we went through this book called Leading Like It Matters, and it got to the chapter about being open-handed with your resources. And when I got here, there was a church renting from us, and I just didn't like that we had to charge another church, but it was what we had to do to keep the lights on. And so that one of the elders was like, man, it'd be great if we could have like a church plant that we could let use the building. I'm like, yeah, we should do that. That's great. I want to, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge numbers guy, and so I know that Two plus two has to add up to four. We can't just give things away entirely. But after that, I'm talking with Podge, and Podge is like, hey, perfect opportunity to share with you what God's doing in my life, because I got a friend named Ben who God's called to start a church, and he's asked me to, to kind of co-pastor and, and start this with him. And so as I got to learn how to be doing the same job in two churches, I want to do that again. And I'm like, yeah, you're crazy. You are a builder. Um, as much as an entrepreneur and like builder that I am, I'm like, as I get older, yeah, this is kind of a cool thing, learning to lead a church and stay in one place, but still have that heart of our fifth priority is missions and seeing churches get planted. And as we're still making budget and figuring out how to do ministry here, how do we also do ministry there and help a church get started? That's a whole nother thing. And a lot of times churches, as I've talked to a lot of mentors, I try and Every time I talk to someone, even if they're my same age, I'm like, hey, can you coach me? Can you teach me? And they're like, what? Sure. And, and this one guy started seminaries in France, 
and he's, you know, your guys is age a little older and than me and, and smarter and wiser. And, and he, we we're talking, he's like, you know, what our generation got wrong is we started building our own kingdoms. And, and that's what I've heard a couple of you and I've shared about Podge's call and, and Ben is how come they don't just join our church? And it's like, well, as much as they like me, they don't like me that much. Okay. Um, but, but no, it's, it's, uh, to be honest, that's what we've seen. We've seen guys just want to build their own name and build their own church, and it's not about me or them. It's about Jesus. And so as a team, we're like, the most strategic thing is for them to plant a church in northern Paso where they're called to do it and for us to team up. And so the cool thing is they're going to start meeting January 15th in the evenings, and some of their friends have been coming and excited to, to worship with them and, and see them grow. And even Podge from last sermon to this sermon we see his growth and I'm like, it's true. God calls those that he equips. He doesn't call those that are already ready, right? He equips the called. He doesn't call those who are already ready to go, and here's the fancy. It's like, you know, I'm going to call you, Podge, and I'm going to equip you in the process, and he equips those he calls, and so it's cool to see even some of the comments Ben shared with me, too. People are like, well, I got a spot as a janitor, and I think you could pick up a guitar, and Ben's like, yeah, I'm, I'm called to go and and build God's church, and so as as I get excited, I want to share that news with you. We start a new year, a new beginning, figuring out how to help a church get going and um, get started and get planted so we can pray for them. And I'll let Podge share a little bit, and then the elders are going to come on up. And um, that transition for Podge, you know, he's going to be helping out doing both. And then we're talking throughout the years. It gets going. When's a good time for him to, to launch with them and, and go with them? But that's something we could be praying for. It's called Maverick Church. You, if you're on social media, you probably saw all of your friends start following them and <laughs> They've started their, their ad campaign, so you might get hit up. And now you know it's, it's safe to follow them. You know who's leading it, and you could pray for them. They're not going to hack your bank account or anything weird. Um, but, yeah, Pod, you could share a little bit, and then the elders can come on up, and we'll pray for you guys. Yeah, the, the thing that I just want to say is from day one when I got here, Brandon and I have been talking about church planning. And just with him being new as lead pastor uh, we're kind of, as a Christian Missionary Alliance church, we're kind of disconnected from our, our, uh, deno our denominational district. And so there's ways that we can connect with them to, to church plant. But when this opportunity came up for me, I knew that God was saying, yeah, super scary, I got it, but just, just go and do that. And when I told Brandon, my hope was, first of all, we want to continue to have a great relationship with Life Community Church. It's a great beacon of God's love in the North County, and we want to continue to support you guys. Um, but also, I even said to him, this would be a great opportunity where we can take LCC on the journey of church planning so that in three years when you guys are bursting at the seams and may need to split and plan a church, that you've, you've seen how it is, and maybe it's, oh, it's really not as difficult as we thought it is or ambiguous or whatever it is. Um, I told him, I don't want your people. I don't want your money. But already, uh, Brandon and the elders have been super generous to us, helping us kind of like get this fledgling, fledgling thing going and offering us uh, the space here. Uh, like he said, our, our strategy is to target North Paso, and shooting up into San Miguel and even further north because we, we don't see quite the church presence there as we do in 
South Paso, Templeton, Atascadero. Uh, and you know, there's, there's definitely needs in that community up there and we're, we're excited about moving up there. But also, there are just so many people who have gotten disconnected from church who uh, through the pandemic or maybe the pandemic was just a good excuse to, hey, we don't need to go to church. We can just sign in on our computer, watch a sermon and we'll call it good. Um, the word maverick, everyone kind of has like the top gun idea of what maverick means and that is true, but there's a secondary definition that maverick meant unbranded cattle. And in this ranching community, there are so many unbranded cattle who are just roaming around and we want to corral them into the fold so that we can protect them and cultivate their growth with Jesus. So that's, that's our mission, and we're so happy to, to, I'm so happy personally to have been a part of LCC, and I'm not going away anytime soon. Uh, you're stuck with me on Sunday mornings for the foreseeable future, uh, but again, I'm excited for Brandon to find the new replacement for me and, and continue to see LCC grow and prosper. Yeah, so elders, if you want to come on up, thanks, Podge. And as Podge shared, it, it is. It's that, like, I'm new, so if I start talking about church planning, it freaks people out. It's like, are you leaving us already? You just got here. Or who are you going to send? Because we still are looking for someone to clean the toilets and, and run kids' ministry. Like, what, what does that look like? And so it is. It's like, elders, this is a big leadership vision, but as we've seen, churches just get too comfortable. And, and man, more and more, God's been really challenging me that we're not we're not given the right to happiness. And, and yet in America, that's something we think we have. And it's like, no, we're supposed to serve and suffer and it's supposed to be tight and to see God's kingdom grow um, and sacrifice. And as these guys are in, in, embarking on that journey, we thought it'd be fitting to pray for them and then we'll, we'll worship together one last song and invite you down here to be uh, prayed for yourselves as, as you need down here. So uh, I'll, I'll open and then Daniel, you want to close? Lord, we lift up. Ben and, and Tasha as they embark as a husband and wife to lead this church and, and join Podge in April, Lord, and we, we pray for the families that they already know that are looking forward to with excitement and, and anticipation that that would encourage them as they embark on the unknown and they seek to hear your word, to go and make disciples, and it's better that, Jesus, you went to sit on your throne and give us your spirit as you lead us to go and, and share the gospel. And as churches, we cheer each other on and we pray for each other and we celebrate each other's wins because we're all part of the family and, and the bride. And, and Lord, there's no competition amongst brothers and sisters, but there is against the enemy. And we pray, Lord, as your word in, in uh, Caesarea Philippi, Lord, just uh, the gates of hell will not prevail. And so that the complete offensive force of your church going forward into darkness and to the unbranded cattle that to claim them for you, Jesus, and to pray that they would turn and believe in you and, and find a home among your, your people, Lord. And we're excited for another church to be uh, a place where the doors will be open and they can be welcomed to, to know you and to have a seat at the table, Lord, worshiping you together. Uh, and we pray for just the, the provision, the finances. We pray for the volunteers and the laborers to, to go forth. As you said, Lord, the harvest is plentiful. We can't have enough churches, but the workers are few, and, and we pray that your hand would guide the workers and leaders that, that Ben and Podge need, and, and you'd continue to pr protect their, their marriages. In Jesus' name.
God, I um, come to you today and I just um, really stop and pause and think about what Podge um, brought to us this morning through your word. And I pray that um, as Ben and Podge are um, indwelled by your Holy Spirit, that you will um, fill them and you will um, get rid of them and, um, and work through them. And so that um, it is you and your greatness and your love and your sacrifice and, um, and just the total um, reliance that they have upon you um, and that we all have upon you to cover the price that we could never pay. Um, I pray that that will be something that goes out um, through the Maverick Church, through um, all of Paso and um, San Miguel and everywhere that, um, that you're going to be um, speaking through the church. And I just um, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us as your body to come together with them and to, um, to pray for them and to support them and um, to just be there with them and let them know that we're all in this together um, for your glory and your honor. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.